Are you a baby boomer, millennial, geriatric millennial, generation X, Y, Z? Well, we all have some key things in common. We are all getting older and we have loved ones who either need or will require help with their care. Hello, friend. Welcome to Life and Faith Chats. I am your host. My name is Joy. Today, we have a life chat. And then if you've been a subscriber, you know what that means. And if you're not, you are in for a treat. Well, you're in for some learning and insight. It means that we have a special guest. Our guest today is the 2019 recipient of the Canadian Geriatric Society, Canadian Family Physicians of Canada. She received an award for distinction in healthcare of the elderly. She completed her family medicine and care of the elderly training at the University of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. She completed her master's degree in medical education at the University of Dundee, UK. She is a clinical associate professor and section chief, senior scare in the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Calgary. I guess you get the picture. She is a Canadian. <laughs> her clinical practice involves consultation at the Bridgeland Seniors Health Clinic geriatric consult team, seniors health outreach program to long-term care and supportive living sites in Calgary. In addition to her clinical and administrative roles, she is involved in medical education and teaches at the undergraduate and postgraduate levels at the University of Calgary, Alberta. She is passionate about her work in geriatrics and has worked on several projects over the years to improve transitions of care for older adults. By the way, this is an abbreviated version of all of her current accomplishments. It is a special honor for me to welcome Dr. Vivian Ewa to Life and Faith Chats. Welcome, Dr. Ewa. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm really uh, excited to be on your show. Thanks, Joy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being willing to do this. It's an honor to have you. We're going to be asking you some questions because we want to know so that um, we can be informed and enlightened. And please bear with me because I have several questions and I already know that and my friends know that this is going to probably be a three-part chat. So I need you to stick around. I need you to get your pen and pads, and I need you to listen as we speak with Dr. Ewa. As we get older, Dr. Ewa, and that's a blessing that we all hope to do, as we get older, we start, for some reason, being forgetful. I don't know if we're just busy or what it is, but one of the big things I'm going to focus in as I speak with you today I'm going to be asking you about dementia and Alzheimer's. So my first question is, what's the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's? So that's a good question. And I think it's one that a lot of people ask on an ongoing basis. 
And um, the way I describe it is dementia, it's like, you know, the term that we use for all types of dementia. So it's a big basket. And in that basket, you have different types of dementia. And so dementia is the overarching term. And there are other uh, causes or, or types of dementia. And so one of the, the, the types of dementia that we know of is Alzheimer's disease, which is actually the commonest cause of uh, dementia. And then we have what is referred to as the vascular dementia. And this is the type of dementia that occurs in people who have um, what we call the vascular risk factors. So they have hypertension, diabetes, high cholesterol, uh, probably smokers. And so they're at a higher risk of getting strokes. And those multiple strokes in the brain put you at risk of a dementia. And then we have the other large group of uh, uh, causes, uh, a major cause of dementia, which is what we call the mixed. So you have a component of Alzheimer's and a component of what we call the vascular dementia. So again, dementia is the broad term. So if you have changes in your memory or cognition that impacts your day-to-day -day functioning, um, your doctor will say you have a dementia. So you have changes in cognition that impact the way you function on a daily basis. That's dementia. And then there are many causes of dementia, one of which is Alzheimer's disease, which happens to be the commonest type of dementia that people uh, know. Okay, okay. You explained something to me. So I was thinking about what's normal forgetfulness and what's something that you need to pay attention to, whether it's in yourself or a parent or a spouse. And you said if there are cognitive functions, could you just elaborate a little bit more? Yeah. So as we get older, like you said, you know, um, many things are happening in our lives. We, we tend to get forgetful. We're multitasking. We're doing multiple things. Um, the analogy I use is, you know, you think about yourself as a busy mother, you know, and you, you probably are in your early 40s or even late 30s, and you're looking after the kids, you're helping them with their homework, you're cooking, you're on the phone, you're listening to the news, you're catching up on other things, you're doing so many things. And a lot of times you tend to forget things. And as you're getting older, your the demands on your time um, gets more, and you find that uh, you're not concentrating and you're not paying attention. And so somebody says something to you and you think you heard it, but you didn't. And then you're finding it difficult to remember what was told. And, and I have a lot of people come to me saying, oh my God, am I having dementia? And I know you're not, you know, uh, you're, you're doing too many things at the same time. They're competing for that, you know, memory cells. And of course you're going to have trouble uh, trying to uh, remember them. And so normal aging is when people... Uh, are forgetful. Um, so you go down to the basement to get a, a can of soup and you get down there and you're like, okay, why am I in the basement? <laughs> and that's because you were thinking about the phone call you will make later. But if you give yourself a few minutes, you can actually remember why you went to the basement to get that can of soup. You know, you just take your time. You can remember what you were trying to do or what you were trying to uh, uh, remember. That's not dementia. Um, it only affects your memory. Everything else is okay. You don't get confused in familiar places. You don't feel like you're lost. So you're not going to your basement and, hey, you can't recognize you're in your basement. 
um, that's not happening. Uh, you're not having trouble with your language skills. So uh, you're not having trouble with finding the words or not being able to uh, 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 complete a sentence. None of that is happening. The only symptom you have is just this forgetfulness. And with that symptom, it doesn't impact your day-to-day -day functioning. And that's the key. In other words, even if I forget where I kept my keys or I forget where um, I left the uh, tin of soup or, or you know, the can of tomatoes, I can't remember what I did with it. Oh, I see a friend and, oh, my God, I, her name doesn't come immediately. But if I take some time, it does come to me and I can remember that. That is not dementia. I'm still able to function. Uh, I'm, still, I'm still able to, you know, do uh, um, my own uh, grocery list. I'm still able to do my finances. I'm still able to uh, cook a meal and remember the recipe. I'm still able to function on a daily basis. That is not uh, a dementia. And as you get older, if this is all normal aging, the advice I usually give is take your time and focus on one task at a time, which, I mean, go figure. You've talked about all the Gen Xs and Ys. We're so used to doing too many things. We're cramping things in. But I think relaxing, just take your time, pay attention to the information um, so that you can uh, recall it uh, more uh, easily. You just probably made a lot of people breathe better. better. <laughs> I know for me when you said, no, you, you cleared up a lot of things because forgetting keys and, you know, start just the fact that you said if you still can function and to focus on one thing. Thank you. Thank you very much. From the get You're welcome. <laughs> now I have another question. Can it be prevented? Is there a way to slow down some of this forgetfulness? Yes. Um, and so I think this question, I'll take it in two parts. Can we prevent uh, dementia? Um, there are things that we can do uh, that even if we have a predispos uh, predisposition to dementia, it can certainly slow it down. And so we'll start from our youth, um, preventing head injury. Um, so using your helmet, you know, if you're doing any of the high risk head impact sports, so wearing your helmet, ensuring that you get an education. Uh, we know that there have been several studies that have shown that the longer you uh, spend studying or getting an education, so the many uh, years you put in uh, getting an education tends to protect you uh, uh, from uh, dementia. So those are things that we can do much earlier on, you know, preventing the head trauma, using the helmet, uh, getting as much education as we can. And then we talk about healthy habits. So smoking, uh, not smoking, because that increases your vascular risk factors, eating healthy. Um, I always refer to a healthy diet, a wellness diet. I mean, there are all kinds of other diets. There's a lot of literature on the Mediterranean diet, which is really, you know, sort of that your vegetables, your olive oil, your olives and uh, your tomatoes. But a healthy diet is what I say. So a diet that is well balanced. So uh, just like you said, Joy, I'm a Canadian. So we have a Canada food guide. So I always say if you're following the Canada food guide, then you're okay. Um, 
And then, you know, when I talk about healthy habits, exercise, so physical activity, uh, the World Health Organization recommends that we at least engage in activity um, that gives us a, a 75 to 150 minutes of activity. So getting your heart rate up into that fat burn or cardio range uh, certainly protects you uh, from getting a dementia. Social activity. This is, I mean, you know, we just came through the uh, 18 months of uh, COVID isolation and lockdown. But one thing that I saw um, during that time was just how much people declined cognitively. So social isolation has been um, proven to be a risk factor for uh, dementia. So get social, you know, engage in conversations, just like you're doing, Joy, having this chat uh, um, session and people tuning in and just, you know, expanding your brain. So you're listening to me, you're listening to Joy, your brain cells are working. If you're having a conversation with a friend, you're trying to recall uh, whatever information and you're listening, you're paying attention. So you're firing up your brain cells. So engaging in social activities, one of the things that we really encourage in terms of protecting uh, yourself from having dementia. And even if you have it, uh, if you have cognitive difficulties, it certainly helps to slow uh, things down. So I've talked about healthy diet. I've talked about um, physical activity, social activity, and mental activity. So engaging in puzzles, in games, whatever it is that uh, you, you like, listening to game shows, you know, um, that's, uh, we have a joke about, you know, a, a family friend we know of who um, up till her 70s and early 80s really enjoyed watching Family Feud. And I think when I watch it now and I laugh because I say to myself, oh my God, I can see why, you know, um, she enjoyed the show so much. It just fires up your brain cells, trying to come up with the answers to that. Some people like Jeopardy. Whatever is your thing, uh, just do it. Reading um, and, and, and trying to, engage in sort of that Q&A, you know, question and answer when you're reading either the newspaper or reading a novel, uh, becoming part of a, a book club, or even this chat show, you know, tuning into it and trying to keep yourself up to date with information certainly is protective. It actually builds cognitive uh, resiliency. So those are the things that we actually encourage people to do. So we start all the way from your your youth and all the way to your uh, your teenage years and as you get older is really maintaining that physical, mental and social activity and a healthy lifestyle overall. So eating right, those things help to build not just cognitive resiliency, but they help to slow down cognitive uh, decline. Having said that, there are some people listening to me who will say, oh, well, but I have a risk for dementia because of um Either, well, I already have hypertension, I have high cholesterol, or I have a significant family history of Alzheimer's disease. Yes, we can't reverse or change those risks, but we can certainly build cognitive resiliency. And engaging in that physical, mental, and social activity can certainly help you slow down uh, the onset and the progression of um, uh, dementia. That, that was thorough. And hopeful and helpful. <laughs> Thank you. Let's go. You answered several of my questions, so I'm going to go on something else. <laughs> Are there any natural or medical 
or new breakthroughs that we need to be aware of that could help a family member or someone that is going through dementia? So that's a really good question. And I know there are people listening who have gone on the internet and Google, and there's so many things. Um, I know a lot of people talk about coconut oil as the one thing that can prevent and slow. And I'll tell you a story because this is a, you know informal chat. And I have a friend of mine and um, late, she's in her late 50s, husband is in the early 60s, and they really went heavy on the coconut oil. And she was doing all the right things. Remember I talked about a healthy diet? Mm-hmm. And her doctor was like, what are you doing? Your cholesterol is off the, off the chat. And she smiled and said, oh, I'm taking coconut oil for my memory. And she said, oh, my God. So you're taking coconut oil for your memory, but then you're increasing your cholesterol, which increases your risk of strokes and increases your risk of having dementia. And so there are lots of things that are promoted on the Internet. And I, you know what? At the bottom line is that healthy lifestyle. And so, yes, even if you wanted to do the coconut oil, again, it's in moderation, you know, certainly not overwhelming your diet with coconut oil. You know, if you have the teaspoon or a half teaspoon and in terms of randomized uh, controlled trials, we really don't have any of those supporting any of this um, um supporting any of these natural remedies. There's ginkgo biloba. And I'm saying things that my my patients tell me that they have tried or they are using uh, omega-3. I have a lot of my patients who are on it. And you know what? Everybody thinks natural remedies work differently for everybody. And, And people believe differently. And for some, it's probably what's really helping them. And, you know, they're engaging in something that they believe in and it's working. And so... All I say to my patients and I say to all of you listening is whatever you're doing is just to ensure that it's not, you know, creating another problem. So the example I used with the coconut oil is that your cholesterol is still within the right range because then you're still increasing your risk, even if you're doing something that does have a lot of uh, health uh, uh, benefits. Uh, when you talk about what has been proven in studies, so we have all kinds of medications in the last few years that have been you know, tried uh, or investigated to treat or prevent dementia. And they've all been failed trials. And the only thing that has consistently shown benefit, which is very interesting, is actually the things I just mentioned is back to that physical activity, but your healthy lifestyle, your diet, your social engagement, hearing. I mean, that's one of the things that came out in the last two years about Hearing being an, if you have hearing difficulties, it is a risk factor for dementia. And so earlier on, if you're having hearing difficulties, is really get an assessment so that you can be fitted with an appropriate hearing aid. So those are sort of the breakthroughs. I mean, these are, you know, things that we should all be doing, social activity, mental activity, physical exercise. I mean, it's it's up there when you look at the recommendations, even from the World Health um, Organization. In the last few months, uh, we did have uh, a new drug come out and there's a lot of controversy. So I'm not even going to mention the drug. And if you read about the drug, it actually um, it's being promoted as uh, being helpful before you are diagnosed with the dementia. So way uh, before you even know you have symptoms. There's still a lot of controversy on that drug. And I think we will hear more about it in terms of its efficacy. Um, 
like I said, I wouldn't even mention it because uh, I think the many of us in, in the field who feel that, you know, uh, we need to go back and read those studies uh, properly. So what works and what we know is really, like I've said, um, starting early by protecting your brain, engaging in healthy lifestyle, your physical activity, mental and uh, social activity. Those are the things that continue to trump all the drug trials that we've seen so far. Wow. I'm so happy you mentioned, without mentioning the name of the drug, because I, I, I heard the, well, celebration in America on the news, and I'm curious <laughs> about it. Another big thing, but I'm not going to put you on the spot, uh, uh, it's on all the time, is Prevagen. I don't know if it's advertised like that in Canada. I see the way you did your head. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. But so would- that's another that's another thing that is advertised again as being you know helpful in preventing uh, dementia. Again, no randomized controlled trials, so trials in which you have it either head to head with something else, or you know a lot of the the benefits are sort of case control. I mean, uh, case studies. You know, you have a, p- a bunch of people who are taking it, and there seems to be some uh, uh, benefit. I've personally not seen anybody who's taken, um, who has taken Prevagen um, that has uh, either, I can't talk about prevention because it's very difficult to, because you have to follow people for years in order to say that it actually prevented it. But did it slow it? Um, They already had the dementia and it actually reversed their symptoms. I haven't seen that. Mm. Thank you. You mentioned about even the hearing, and I, I hadn't heard that before, so that's yeah. really something of, with your hearing. Dr. Ella, we're going to have to stop for now. Yeah, it, it's been more than fascinating, just extremely enlightening. We're going to stop part one. Friends, you already know that I need you to come back. This is information to help us to continue walking in the purpose that God has for our life. Thank you, Dr. Ella. She's not leaving. So you have to come back so you can hear more because we want to know something that all of us deal with in some way. We want to know if we recognize signs, what are next steps, even though she's told us how to slow it down. And we also want to know how to help our loved ones. And we want to know about family, burnout. What's the best way to assist in that? So come back, come back, come back, come back. Thank you for joining us and we'll be expecting you. Peace.